0: company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Nudo, Papa Nudo, Papa and Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, the of yeah, the in Michigan, Oklahoma,
1: California,
0: and our very special guest, who will be stepping in for this, Catherine Ironwood, will be myself, Papa Nudo, <laughs> and this week, we'll be joined by a very special guest, from the and Innovators and reworkers, John Saint Germain of JohnSaintGermain.com and Dr. David to Bring us today's topic on Greece, Korea, and Islam. Afterwards, they'll take your calls call and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African American social action practices of using conqueror or worker. that's defined. Right, great.
1: You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with uh, uh, our co-host, uh, myself and Congressman Ali. Congressman Ali, oh. Congressman Ali are you there? Well, folks, it looks like until uh, we find out what's going on with Contra Ali, I know he's on the board, and hopefully he will, uh, uh, we can hear him hello. soon. Hello, hello, so there? Go ahead. Oh, there you are. Welcome.
0: You're okay,
2: I think I was having some difficulties with my mute button there for whatever reason. Thanks, Papa Newt, for uh, holding it down and for that lovely introduction. We are definitely trying something new this time with uh, you running uh, as an announcer and as guest co-hosts. This is going to be certainly uh, exciting. Um, We'll see how it works. It's definitely a first for us, but I'm excited to have you on board and very excited to have uh, John St. Germain as our guest. Uh, Welcome, everyone. We are so glad you could join us uh, with the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, uh, one of the longest, if not the longest, uh, hoodoo and rootwork radio shows uh, in existence. Um, as you can see, I'm not with Cat. Kat is away this weekend. Uh, she will be back next weekend, and we wish her lots of fun, and we look forward to her return. Sure. This week, we have a very interesting uh, topic for you, but before we dive in uh, on our topic, i like to do a little bit of updates. Cat uh, usually talks about updates from the uh, from Lucky Mojo in the shop, and I like to give some updates about my, my work. Um, but today I think I want to I focus a, a little bit on, on kind of what's going on in the world right now. Last week, Kat and I and, uh, had a discussion with... Uh, Papa G about this kind of horrendous moment in American history that we're all living through and it did derail the conversation a little bit um, but I think it, it's important for root workers and spiritual workers and people who are serving communities to be aware of what is going on in the world. We're not just people who put up our shingle and light candles for people when they send you know money or, or they go, hey, I'm going to pay you for a love spell and you perform love spells. No, root workers have always been spiritual workers. They have been individuals who have served communities. They were the ones that often were the mediators between the law and the community. If you lived in a small rural town that was often segregated and divided between the black parts of the community and white parts of the community and law enforcement was predominantly white, well guess what? It was the root doctor that often acted as that kind of bridge between uh, the law enforcement and the black community, both acting in times when law enforcement was uh, was unfair, which was most of the time the, uh, when it came to uh, policing the black community as well as also uh, mediating difficulties to ensure, uh, you know, protect people from violence and 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 unfair treatment. Um, root workers were also deeply tied to the spiritualist church and the Baptist church. Um, more often than not, you would find your local root worker through the church. They were either that one person that everyone knew at church, um, or more often not, they were the deacon themselves. Um, this is why a lot of root workers have the title of deacon. It's a homage to that kind of past. Um so in other words, root workers were keenly aware of the climate of the world and the community around them. And so I, I think that's what I wanted to just start this show off with, is a kind of a call for us to be aware of what's going on in the world right now, particularly in our communities nationwide. This is a really dark moment in American history, with the putting of children in, in cages and uh, horrific immigration practices that that really remind us of, of an older time in American history, reminders of the rise of, of fascism in the 1930s, the mistreatment of Jews, the internment of the Japanese-Americans, um, and... So, as root workers, we have a, we have a certain responsibility. So anyone who is listening to the sound of my voice, I encourage you to light a candle and say a prayer, to call for justice, to, to remind the world that God's justice is swift and it does not always slumber as, uh, and it cannot always slumber, as Thomas Jefferson quite famously once put it. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But also to work in your local communities, right? You are part of a local community. We that Internet age often makes us forget this. We believe we live in this kind of global moment and that's certainly true. But there are people that are around you that may need help. Uh there are you know, people who are immigrants or people who are uh or the black community or or any other marginal or minority community. There are people that that can use the help of a root worker. So be sure to be a bomb and a healing um in a time uh like this. Um so that's that's kind of my my call, if you will, a small little mini lecture slash sermon or a reminder that we are living in, in very dark times and I think uh, lighting a candle does help. It helps to push back the darkness even just a little bit and a lot of candles, they can banish the night. Alright, so let's move on to our topic today. Let's uh, bring on John St. Germain see how he's doing. Um, John, how are things in your neck of the woods?
3: Uh, well, hi, Papa Lee. Uh, new things are... Uh... Things are busy here, uh, very busy. I just uh finished construction of my uh, Black Hawk Power Shrine. Uh, speaking of justice, um I was mm. moved by spirit to uh to construct this and um uh, um it's as far as I know the largest freestanding shrine to uh, Father Blackhawk um uh, in America right now. It's uh, um um six hundred and forty square feet <clears throat> oh,
0: wow. dedicated
3: dedicated um solely to uh, native american spirit and
0: what moved uh, you to build
3: the shrine uh i i'm reluctant to say sometimes because uh, uh i've actually been accused of being insane for saying this but um i'm i'm sure my audience will understand this uh i had a vision um, um from my ancestors um my Cherokee ancestors and uh, in it um well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, there is right now in the White House a portrait of Andrew Jackson,
0: mm, a shrine,
3: yeah. to, a shrine to Andrew Jackson has been erected in the White House, and this has angered the spirits of Native American warriors going back hundreds of years. And um, I was uh, I was given a vision from spirit that the spirits of Native Americans are angry, including Father Black Hawk, at this outrage that this uh, genocidal racist has been Mm. uh, summoned, and that we're not just dealing with with, uh, a crazy human being in the White House. Uh, We're dealing with a human being who's been possessed by an evil spirit, that the spirit Mm. of Andrew Jackson is behind many of these atrocities that mirror historically the atrocities that were committed during the time of the devil Andrew Jackson. Mm-hmm. There, this is not a coincidence. These historical atrocities occur periodically throughout history, and Father Blackhawk revealed to me that andrew Jackson as a man was a man possessed by a devil when he was forced to surrender to him and he was forced to smoke the of peace him and uh, uh, Father Blackhawk and keokuk and he shook his hand he said there was there was a good man in there also a man who was possessed by a devil. He had made a pact with the devil for survival after he was mortally wounded in a duel. Mm. And he was never a well man after that, but he he lived. And he lived for the last 25 years of his life basically a walking dead man, but he survived. However, if you read about Andrew Jackson, you see that historians say he was a mixture of a saint and a devil. They Mm -hmm. literally say this about him. And there's a reason for this. Sometimes the man was in charge and sometimes the devil. And the devil was fleeing the Cherokees who had the magic cords to bind him when you met Andrew Jackson. And one of my mm-hmm. ancestors, Dragon Canoe, actually said of East Tennessee that East Tennessee was a dark and bloody land and that the white people did not know the magic cords to bind the demons that lived here. And after that, mm-hmm. Dragon Canoe and his, and his warriors uh, left They said, you know, we're done with this. You know, you're giving all the land to the Mm -hmm. white people, and they don't know how to control the spirits. And so Mm -hmm. to this day, there are spirits here that nobody knows how to control. So Black Hawk and my ancestors and the outraged Cherokees, this is the loudest I've ever heard the Cherokee voices. They've been very quiet up to now. Mm -hmm. They're they're outraged at this. They're saying these atrocities cannot stand. And I've also been told that the laws of man will never get our president out of the White House. That
0: Mm -hmm. because
3: of the spiritual forces that he summoned, the laws of man will not get him out of the White House. It will take a strong spiritual upheaval to get him out of there. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, people say, how is he still there? How is he still there? How is he still there? With all the stuff we have on him, yes, his cronies will fall, his family members will fall, but it will take spiritual work on a massive scale to get him out of here. So well, you know, I think there's spiritual that. upheaval, yeah, spiritual upheaval is definitely
2: the right way to describe what we are we're going through at, at this moment. It's a yes. very bizarre moment in American history, and it's, a spirit, and it's and very much and anyone who and, knows,
3: who who has eyes to see and ears to hear
2: oh, can definitely gosh. see it as a spiritual upheaval.
3: Father Blackhawk um, said, that devils in human uh, skin are rise, or Devils in human skin are rising <laughs> up and proclaiming their allegiance to." Uh, um, you know, they think it's the president, but it's really the devil, Andrew Jackson, summoning them. And fearlessly, people, the devils in human skin are rising up and declaring their allegiance, fearlessly. Uh, the the Nazis, the skinheads, the racists, fearlessly walking oh, yeah. on us. Um, this.
0: Yeah, I spirit, mean, this I, not. I told... Not,
3: this is not an ideological battle. It's a spiritual battle. Mm. And only, only yeah, the no, good I mean, people...
2: Yes. Right, right. I remember I told... The, Cat uh, just, I think it was last week on the show, if like, you had told me when I was in high school uh, that we, oh, yes. we were fighting Nazis again,
3: <laughs> I would not have believed you yes. at the time.
2: And was, oh, yes. I was, and the guy was the ready first, I was, periodically. Yeah, as a young man, when, yeah, when I was a young kid, I was ready. I was ready to fight the surveillance state, the security state, but mm-hmm. Nazis, and yeah, here we are. Uh, but I think this brings us to a to a very important yes. um, point in our in our Discussion I didn't need to get off on that
0: tangent. No, no, not at all. It's a
2: good it's a good segue into Again, uh, what it is beaten. that I was our moved topic by spirit. right no it's moving being moved by spirit and having these conversations are important and I think it's something That's why we leave time at the beginning of the show to do so. But it does lead us to our topic, which I think is a very important topic. Um, We we mentioned, for example, spiritual upheaval. And that's one one of the ways that root workers get involved in moments of spiritual crisis. And there are other spiritual moments in individual lives where root workers step in. And one of that is grief, bereavement, loss, dealing with them. So it's not just moments of doing battle we often see, you know, when we talk about root workers in very kind of reductive ways, we see them either as uh, the people selling spells or maybe they're the person waging a type of spiritual war, but they're also a healer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an mm-hmm. important aspect to remember that most of what a root worker does is healing. That even in moments of conflict, it's often viewed through the lens of healing. And bereavement, grief, and loss is one of the key areas that root workers yes. are involved. Now, to be, important, to be clear here, and I'm going to turn this over to you in just a second, when we say root workers are involved, we should mention that it is at a variety of different levels. First, there is the professional level, that is that there is root work that can be done by a professional to deal with bereavement and grief. There are also another aspect in which uh, root work is involved in this, and that is at the folk tradition level. There are plenty of people who practice a variety of Hoodoo techniques, practices, and traditions that deal with grief, that deal with bereavement, that deal with loss, but who may not call themselves hoodoists or conjure doctors or root workers, or who may not even call what they're doing root work. It's simply something that they were taught. They were taught by their grandparent. They were taught by their parents. They were told, this is what you do in these situations. So we're going to be talking about this from kind of both angles. We'll be talking about what professional root workers do. We'll also be talking about a series of kind of traditions um, and practices that people have and to deal with uh, in the African-American spiritual practice that is known as hoodoo that deal with uh, bereavement and grief. Uh, So, so Hmm. John St. Germain, tell me a little bit about uh, your work with dealing with grief and bereavement.
3: Well, um, When most people think about grief, you think about uh, death. But uh, grief and bereavement can occur from a variety of sources. It can be a breakup, right, or forced separation from parents or other loved ones, which is what we're seeing right now. Uh, It can be the selling of your childhood home, right? Um, It can be the realization about something you've always wanted but you never got, Uh, that, that grief that... You realize that there's something that you've always wanted but you've never got. It could be like a childhood dream that you never achieved, right? Um, it could be a person who died, uh, but, and, or maybe someone who's alive but who's decided not to be part of your life anymore. It could be the loss of a dream. You realize, I'll, I'll never be an opera singer. I'll never be a dancer. Um, divorce, and divorce has been, it's been said that the trauma of a divorce is as bad as the death of a loved one. Um, and then there's a, a type of grief that we deal with with our clients a lot, and that's being in love with someone who's self-destructive. And that's a very pernicious yeah. and ongoing and unresolved grief. And then there's uh, the, the death of a pet, uh, the end of a friendship, uh, job loss, uh, the end of a career, um, and um, that's, that's one that, uh, is very difficult to deal with because many people will not admit they're grieving, especially men. Men don't like to admit when they get fired, when they lose a job, they've lost a part of themselves, mm-hmm. an identity. Um, so grief can take many forms, and sometimes people don't even recognize they're grieving. And unless you recognize grief, you can never start the process of healing from it.
2: Mm, that's a really good point. I, I, I like that you talk about grief, not just in the sense of of death, um, but also in the sense of job loss. That's a really powerful point. Um, Being able to kind of mourn or or deal with that sense of loss is often something that I think people aren't ready to do. Uh, Papa New, I wanted to to bring you in on this conversation. You're a deeply spiritual person who works with uh, folk saints and and saints. Um, I wanted to ask, how do you approach the the topic or, or situation of grief and bereavement and loss?
0: Well, um,
1: it's a lot of it and, and it really comes down to encouraging people to speak, to talk, to, to get it out because we do have a tendency and God knows in my, in my early days, uh, I've done this where it's like, I, I have the easy way of backing away and so, you know, I never spoke and now I'm just like, no, talk about it, people. I do, I'm talking, I've done a lot of healing in my days um, now that I talk more um, and I encourage people to talk, but when it comes to also from a spiritual standpoint, Especially those that um, it's interesting when when you because I you know I work with a lot of saints and I you know I was raised Catholic and it's interesting too that there are a lot of saints, especially the ones that are um, focused in areas of like the cancer, the um, AIDS, the those type of. Um, um, such, which brings such distress for somebody's life is also uh, helpful for bereavement uh, when it's in those type of areas like Agatha and Pagin, um, are two that came up to the top of my head for like cancer, especially a breast and just cancer in general. Um, but speaking about it, letting go, you know, and just, just processing the information and having somebody there to help you is,
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really is, good
2: is, point, is Papa. Vital. New. Yeah, absolutely. Talking. And I think part of it comes from from this uh, cultural climate. I think, as, as Papa, New rightly puts out, in which uh, certain types of emotions are stunted, and they really are um, in in kind of our society. Certain emotions we don't we don't want to deal with publicly, or we see as kind of awkward, right? We feel very uncomfortable with those uh, emotions, and I think grief is one of them. Um, we kind of satirize the grief that comes from emotional loss. Uh, we joke about it. We uh, from from you know breakups and whatnot. Um, our grief when it comes to the dead is uh, very stilted, right? <clears throat> and the uh, grief when it comes from life situations, as you mentioned, like oh you lost a job. We're told oh you know buck up. Pull yourself up by, by the boot, bootstraps, and I think there is a problem with that. Being able to kind of sit and and let your grief flow through you is important. Now, how can a root worker help in a situation? What are some root works um, or practices that that people can undertake? I'm very interested as a professional root worker how you would approach uh, helping a client, uh, John, St. Jimmy who are going through uh, some form of bereavement or loss.
3: Well, I'm a I'm a counselor first, and a root worker second. Um, I, I do supportive work of, of the uh, counseling work. Um, uh, I am certified as a grief counselor. I have certification as a grief counselor in, um, in both uh, adult and child uh, counseling. So, my, the very first thing I do is is get someone talking about it. And um, when I want someone to talk through it, I back into it. I don't start immediately talking about the issue of grief. I start backing into it. I'll, I'll say, oh, tell me a little about yourself. Your, what are your interests?" and uh, and I get them talking about something else. And then and then eventually, uh, a lot of times people will say, "Well, I'm, I'm just babbling." I say, "No, no, just talk. Talk your way through it. Talk your way into it." And uh, and and they'll, they they will ramble. A person in bereavement will ramble, and it's important to not interrupt and not do anything but compassionately listen and because they, they will connect dots, and they they have shielded this grief so much, they put so much shielding around it that uh, you know it, it's 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 like a raw wound. So you don't want to poke that. And as a root worker, you're you're going to be dealing with a raw wound. So the root works that you're going to do is very situational, and you don't want to just go in there and say there's a one size fits all root work for bereavement, um, you know, so I'm not going to say, okay, do Balm of Gilead, you'll burn Balm of Gilead for that. So what are you dealing with? And so the best thing you have to do is let them talk and listen. And then certain root works will suggest themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Someone yeah. might need uh, just, just simple like uh, uncrossing, uh, crucible courage. Um, they might need um, serenity just so they can sit quietly and listen to their own thoughts without being... Uh, well, having a panic attack just from what's going on in their head. Um, uh, it's important to just just uh, talk to me a little bit and, and be a good listener that encourages someone to talk to you. Uh, my problem mm. with a lot of people who sit in this chair is that they talk too much. They don't listen enough. Uh, you know, being able to That's listen a really good point.
0: Yeah. It's a fantastic exactly. one. Yeah. I'm yeah so
2: that new?
1: I said people that when they're in such pain, they, they will distract themselves, um, be it yeah. with working yeah. so much, giving their time away, um, alcohol, you know, anything to just not focus in on, you know, to deal with.
2: That's a very good point. Very good point. And, and also
1: listening
2: uh, is a is a spiritual discipline, not just a, a, you know an act. It is it, very much a spiritual you, discipline. No you don't listen with your ears. Yeah.
3: You don't you know you don't listen Mm-mm. with your ears. Listening is not with your
2: ears. Yeah. Uh,
3: you, yeah. Know, you listen I, with absolutely with everything true. you have. Right. Uh, listening is not just with your ears, yeah. you listen with your heart and with mm-hmm. your soul and with your compassion and with your entire body. And uh, doing it on the mm-hmm. phone, uh there's a lot of nonverbal communication that occurs even over the phone. You know, c- you know mm-hmm. you know, can you tell right now that I'm smiling? You know, can you tell that I'm smiling right now? Right. See, so you can Mm -hmm. tell a lot, and you know when when a telemarketer calls, you know they're talking like this. You know, can you tell that they're really bored with their job? So it's a lot's got to do with your uh, with your body when you're listening to somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, are you are you really listening? or Are you just sitting there like on the phone, you know, doing a crossword puzzle while somebody's telling you about their heartbreak? You know, I can tell Mm -hmm. if you're listening to me or not. So. And and someone else can, too. So uh, what's important, too, I think, in the grieving process is to name it. Give it a name.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: What are you grieving for? And you're not always grieving for what you think you're grieving for.
0: That's a very good point. Yeah, I think uh, think
2: the ability of naming both of these are – I think these points are so important, and I want to pause right here with them because what we're talking about here are not just uh, steps, and we're not just talking right. about, for example, the 12, 12 steps. Do this, do this. No, this no. is not formulaic. This is not formulaic no. in which form. What we're talking about are very deep spiritual practices and act. The act of naming something, right? The act, of recogni- the act of recognizing it. It's the act of finally shining a light. And this is something that we do in root work, in not just grieving, but in everything, right? The ability to name them. It's why we get readings before we do root work. The act of getting a reading is not just to tell your fortune, which it is partly that, but it's also the act of naming. What is going on? The yes. root worker names what you're going on. You are yes. fighting a spirit. You are across conditions. You name it. Once you name it, then you have you have the ability to remedy it. And the listening yes. is part of that remedying in it. A good reader is a good listener. And unfortunately that's not always the case. Uh, We see it all the time, people who just cannot. And you could see it in in conversations, too, people who dominate conversations, people who don't allow others to speak, people who don't listen or or hear what's actually being said, especially in situations that are grief-oriented. More often than not, you have to hear beyond what the verbal words are being said because sometimes people will say stuff, but what they mean is something much deeper. And this is where your act of listening is a spiritual discipline and a spiritual practice that allows you to see through and hear through the words and to the core of of what's going on. I know for me as a a root worker, when I deal with these situations, uh, like you mentioned, I don't have a one-size-fits-all approach, but there is one um, practice that I believe is really useful and I recommend More universally, there are times when I don't recommend it and there are extenuating circumstances where I don't think it's useful. Um, But working with the ancestors, I think, in dealing with grief is very, very important. For me, it's about helping the client feel when you are feeling lost and when you are feeling grief and you're going through the process of bereavement, you feel disconnected from everything. You feel alone and solitary. You feel as if it's you against the world, or a part of you has been lost. If you're dealing with death in particular, there is the sense that you have lost that person forever, that you will never see them again, that you have lost a limb. quite you know, literally speaking, something, something is missing from you. And so that sense of isolation and that sense of loss and that sense of being disconnected can be remedied by helping people connect to their ancestors. A spiritual practice, a regular practice of developing uh, ancestral work can really help with matters of grief. Um, In in the African tradition, the the root of spiritual practices in, in hoodoo, there is the notion that the ancestors are kind of part of a great sea that ebbs and flows, that has tides, but that we all are part of that. And that kind of cosmology with a very strong uh, Christian language added on top of it is at the heart of how Rootwork views death and the ancestors. The idea being that the ancestors are always present, and you are just one kind of one molecule of water within that vast, See, and recognizing that connection draw, bring, helps to draw in a lot of strength, wisdom, and guidance. It's why the majority of the root workers I know have ancestral practices, um, and even those um, that don't have some notion of the, of the ancestors. And so ancestral work is really important, I think, for helping reconnect people for helping people to uh, not feel that sense of disconnect, for helping people feel that they are part of something larger. And also, it's quite literally, uh, the remnant of it is seen in funerary practices. Funerary practices are not are mostly geared, not just for the dead, but for the relationship between the living and the dead. It's why people have them. It's that first step of building that new relationship. It's not just mourning a loss. It's not just a... Formal ritual act, but the the funeral practices are the descendants of spiritual practices that built that new relationship between the dead and the living, and that's something that we often forget. It's why we have funerary practices, and that's why I think ancestral practices are really important for dealing with grief and and grieving. Uh, but Papa New, I wanted to ask you, what are some specific things about, who, for example, uh, John Saint Germain talked about naming and listening. I talked about Ancestral Book, what are some specific things that you do as a professional root worker to help people with grief and believement?
1: You know, one yeah. of there's a, there's a uh, one of the Psalms that comes up in my mind is uh, Psalms 38, 18 uh, oh gosh, let me see here, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save uh, such as have a, a contrite spirit and um, it's that's one of my. What I think of is like you know the the spirit, the divine is so close to those that are mourning. That my time with somebody that comes to me in a matter of grieving is to help them to get back into their first their 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 seat of power, to ride right name their. Their problem, the, the challenge, what they're grieving on, and to to move it outside of them so they can start to start to process the information easy. Um, I do like to work because sometimes, especially with those that, um, when it comes to like a death, for example, there is a lot of of. Uh, mm, where people have held up so much, um, remorse, like, Oh, I should have done that. Oh, I, why did I say that? Why did I fight, fight with my father or right, mother, right, you right. know? And so I do spring out the up and have them work with the up to help bring in that, that forgiveness, especially for themselves, because, you know, uh, to, on the physical plane here, you know, we can't do much for the one that has passed on or, the, you know, the situation where they're, you know, transcended. But from a spiritual standpoint, we can work with them with the prayers and work with those spirits. But the person first and, and foremost needs that healing for towards themselves first.
2: Well, that's a very yeah, good point. That's a very, very good point, Yeah. Um, John St. Marine, I, w- I wanted to uh, ask you, after you've done the naming and the listening, um, what's next in your step? Are there certain challenges that you find that are right. universal when it comes to gr- grieving and bereavement? So like, for example, when we do reconciliation work, the number one kind of challenge that I think all our root workers recognize is self-sabotage, right? It's like the number one yes, yes. of all the kind of root work that you do reconciliation, we can all agree, has a strong component of self-sabotage. Whether it comes from moments of, you know, you've done all that, you've work, done work, 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 and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, nothing is happening. He called, but I decided not to pick up and you go, wait, what? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this, right? Um, right.
0: Did you find right. something
2: similar when you're doing grief work? What is the kind of yes. challenge um, um, you
0: have people,
3: people, people want it to go away. They think it's going to go away. Um, the... Um, the sadness and the the missing, whatever it is, whether it's a person or a pet, um, there's always going to be that, the the grief, and the sadness and the mourning is always going to be there, um, so it's got to be accepted that whenever you think about this, um, the individual, you'll say you're, it's an individual or a job or a situation, whatever it is, there's going to be that that poignancy. But that doesn't mean that it's going to destroy you, because over time you will replace morbid thoughts with positive thoughts. As part of the the process, as part of the healing process, you you don't always just think about uh, sadness at first. You do every time you think about it, you think, Oh my God, I miss this person. Let's say we'll, we'll talk about people because there's, there's more than one kind of bereavement. But over time, you start to replace it with fond memories. But there's going to be times, years later, when something is going to remind you. That, you know, you know. Oh my God, I miss this person. You know, or oh my God, I miss this cat. And you're going to experience that welling of grief. And part mm. of the process is that people think, you know, there should be a day when I just don't feel this anymore. But no, yeah. you no, know, you will. And 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 so that you, you have to accept that that everybody that you love, and every little dog or cat, or iguana or snake or little mouse. Or a mm-hmm. job that you really love or you love to play the piano and you can't because you get arthritis, that that leaves that's gonna leave its mark on your heart and it's going when it's gone, you're gonna miss it. And that's because we're human beings and that's just the way the world is. We have to acknowledge that everything is impermanent. And, and we just the, forget
1: to. I'm so sorry to break in, but what's uh, just no, want no, to expand ahead. on that? When somebody um, is no, no longer able to play the piano or no longer able to do what they once do, they do live. Mm-hmm. miss the the idea that you know they were able to do that, and we're blessed to be able to do that.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah, for, and you know, yes. I, I have a friend. I won't name his name. He was a a prodigy, a wonderful magi- a musician. He lost that ability. And he is so bitter about it. I mean, it poisons his life to this day. And this was like 25 Mm -hmm. years ago. It poisons his life. He cannot – he curses his fate, right? And nothing I can say to him makes this right to him, right? And so what I think you can do, though, is you can turn this – you can give it a meaning. You can turn it into – you can work with it. You can create with it, you see. And rather than having this as a burden, you turn it into something beautiful, because mm-hmm. really, you're you're honoring, you know. Let's say again, someone passes away, they pass into spirit. You know, they're not gone. They're they just they they are into spirit. You know, the physical body is a manifestation of spirit. It's how the universe ex- experiences itself. Then it passes into spirit, and you know, there you go. So, but it's not gone. This is just one form of how the universe experiences itself. You, you know, if you have a spirituality, you know, we spiritualists, we, you know, we death death doesn't mean you know death doesn't mean anything to me. I don't have any fear of death, and uh,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
3: I experience I experience spirit as just another form of existence. So, but you can turn it into right. something beautiful. You see, you turn you turn it into right. something. You know, remember, my father died when I was nineteen, and uh, mm-hmm. I was I was messed up about it for a long time until I learned more about how spirit works. And now when I think about my father, it's a beautiful thing. My father visits me in dreams. My mother passed away when I was in my 30s, and there was no – I mourned her. I missed her, but, see, I honored her with my my mourning. It was an honor to her memory, but I was never messed up about it. I didn't have that morbid stuff, um, if that makes sense. So um, rather than having this grief become a burden and ruin you, it can be mm-hmm. an understanding that this is the nature of life. It's part of the deal, and it, things are impermanent. And and as we age, you know, I'm 60. I can't do some of the things I could do when I was 30. But I have other things I can do. You know, I am right now at the height of my abilities as a, as a reader and a root worker. You know, I, I'm I'm right. mastered. My craft. So I, when I was thirty, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, yeah, I could run ten miles, but you know, uh,
0: <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I
3: was doing. Really, I shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have been doing this. You know, when I was thirty, I look back and go, "Oh my God, what was I doing?" But um but you know, now I have a lot more um control of what I do because I'm I'm a lot more careful for one thing.
0: And, yeah, uh, i know and it what comes I can, down to can finding do. that. Yeah. It, it comes does.
3: down to finding the
2: blessing right. And that's something yeah, that so, that we have a hard time doing when, when it comes yes. to loss, bereavement, because we get lost in the in in the pain of it. And it's hard to locate yeah. that, that that light. Right. It's you know, being covered in darkness. But the reality is that there is always yeah. a blessing. Even in those kind of darkest yeah, moments. And give, moments of give loss. Grieve, yeah. and give yourself
3: permission. Give yourself, to yourself permission to grieve. Yeah. Give yourself permission to sit with it. And I, don't identify with it though though. Don't say this is all I am. You know, don't identify right. with it. Don't Ryan. say this. I am grief. You know, I am. I am grieving. Yeah, this, you know, just say you know. I'm, I'm alone, grieving. You know, I'm, just let it happen.
2: Yeah, allow right. yourself to feel that moment, but also to move through that moment, being able to <clears> recognize <throat> that there are there is a light there, even if you may be uh, unwilling or unable. At this particular moment to uh, see it. Well, we have actually come to the end of our uh, topic. This was such a great panel discussion. Um, and The bumper music is slowly building up. I thank you very much for the, such a good topic. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to have Papa Newt come in and lead us on to our readings.
1: Mm-hmm. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your host, Tronjerman Ali, and yours, myself, Papa Newt, and this week's special guest. John St. Germain will be right back. We'll be taking callers from, your, from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down home contra remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through blog, talk radio, or via telephone by dialing 818 394 8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818 394 8535. Five, and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air We will select area uh, callers by their area code And if your area code is announced We'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer Pop a new read a brief description of your situation Before turning it over to our host Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller And our first caller is a first-time caller Calling in from area code 909 in Inland Empire, California This is Caress Caress, are you there? Yeah, I'm here Hi, welcome to the show, and thank you thank you for entrusting us with your situation today.
4: Hi, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Now, looking at your information here, I see for this particular situation or any other situations you haven't had any readings with Countryman Ali, Ms. Kat, or any other readers, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Now, I did have to do a little editing for on-air readability of your situation, uh, and correct, right. I am an artist slash illustrator, and I would like to start working from home and taking commissions so I can build my presence and fan base as an artist and to support myself. Because of uncertainty, I do not know if I should take action to make this happen or go back to work and focus on my schooling. Um, And it looks like your schooling information, you need to raise your GPA, and you have to take four classes to do that. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct.
1: All right, and there we have it. There's her situation. Commissioner Malley, would you like me to go ahead and take take uh, proceed with the
0: reading then?
2: Yes, thank you very much. Papa Newt is going to switch his hat from announcer yep. to guest co-host, and he's going to go ahead and do your first reading,
0: Gareth.
1: All right, and uh um, what what is your sign of the zodiac?
4: I'm an Aquarius.
1: Aquarius, and and what uh, what uh, uh, age range are you in?
4: I am in my 30s, my early 30s. Late 30s okay. And you're going to school.
1: Um may I ask what is is your schooling in regards to your art or what is it that you're studying?
4: Yeah, I'm studying it. In, it's in in regards to art. I am an art student. It's just um oh, right awesome. now I'm I'm going to a a community college and I just really Absolutely. have one class last year. yeah.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Well, I'm just taking a look. I'm reading with the Marseille Tarot. I just have the major arcana available to me right now, so I'm putting down a total of, let's see, five cards came out here. So uh, the very first card I have is telling me that you're, you're kind of um, getting yourself a little hung up on which direction to go, which is told by the Hanged Man. There's no movement here because it's like, which way do I go? Which way do I go? There's a decision that needs to be made here, and that is told by. In the Marseille tarot, unlike the right-of-way tarot, the letters card is really, I see it more as a decision being made. There's a, uh, a man that's standing in between uh, two ladies, and the, the little cherub is up above, and he has to make a decision. Now, the thing is, um, looking at, at this, um, if you're taking four
0: classes, I mean,
1: have you looked at taking taking the four classes? You know, and, and it looks like you don't have the best job. But do you, would would you have any time to put a little bit of work towards your your uh, fan base or putting yourself out there, or at least preparing yourself to get get yourself once you're done with these classes?
4: Yeah, right now I I do have the time to to put it into my artwork. But it's just as soon as I take those classes and then start looking for a job, then I I wouldn't I wouldn't have any time to put into it.
1: Because the next card, the Empress card is is here. She is really because sometimes when it comes to figuring out because really you're you're going to school and then it's you know. Getting your fan base going on—that's that's really like running a whole another business while you're taking care of your business of going through school. Um, she is here looking to the future. She is prepared to look forward to to move forward to get things in place. But she is about planning. She's not she's not off her seat yet. She's not making any movement. But she is planning to the future to make sure the right course of action. Um, I. I would say the very next card uh, is the Fool card and the Sun card. I would say with overall, get yourself prepared, and, like planning out, because uh, really it, is, it comes down to marketing when it comes to, along these lines. But you are going to school. You've you got to get that done first. And don't, don't be too foolish about those actions. You will get there with the Sun card, but, but uh, just just you know plan things out very carefully. Because that's what I got here for you.
4: Okay, thank you.
2: Thank you for that wonderful reading, Papa Newt. Uh, John Saint Germain, if you want
3: to do the uh, next reading. Yes, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Was it uh, Trish? Correct. I didn't quite hear it. Trish. Okay. Um, Now, you've you've gone in the opposite direction of your family tradition, right? No one in your family is an artist, right? No, no. Yeah, this is not like. you know, family tradition. So uh, what I feel is that, oh, uh, Chris, okay. Um, Chris, that's your name. All right. Um, yeah. so this is, this is a, this is un, uncharted territory for you. So there's a, there's no real template for you to go by here. You, you don't have a, a, you know, no one has ever said, okay, this is what you should do. So you're, you're charting, uh, you know, uncharted territory here. You're you're like a pioneer in this and uh, it's all like, you know, you're a doctor, uh, in a family of doctors or a lawyer in a family of lawyers, you know, what I'm seeing here is that you're, you know, you're, you're like taking the step, um, you know, making sure the ice doesn't break, taking another step, and, and that's scary. So um, you're in a community college, that's a that's a two-year college. Um, have you thought, now, are you considering going from there to a college and going for a BFA, which would allow you to get a teaching job?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's what, um, one of my problems is, is, um, right now I really need just one class to, to get my AA, and then I, I do want to mm-hmm. go to a Cal State, but, um, I would need to raise my GPA. I'm currently at right. a 3.1, but I would need to take the full oh, four classes yeah, to raise it
0: to the, you gotta, yeah.
3: If you had to qualify to, uh, you'd have to bring it up to about 3.4, I think, yeah. to, to qual yeah, and then you could, because if you got the BFA, you could, you could become a teacher, and, um. And then you could, if you wanted to, you could work at home. Because, see, I have the fish, and I have uh, the moon and the birds, and this is communication and, you know, making money at home with the fish. And the moon and the birds I always see associated with public speaking and teaching. So, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, don't jump out of school and then try to start a business. Um, um, Have something behind and, and look for a bigger plan, because I want to tell you the thing about being a teacher or having a job. When you're young, uh, I want to tell you, I went back when I was 50. I went back and got uh, a degree, uh, uh, a third degree, and it was, in, uh, it was in art. It was in creative writing and art. And uh, all these kids I went to school with, they said, well, I don't care about money. I'm, you know, I'm just about art. And I said, you know, when you get to my age, when you're in your 50s, hitting 60, you care a lot about money. So, um Uh, You know, think think about planning for things like benefits, you know, and retirement and stuff like that. Think about that now, and I think if you look at the long term, get your grades up. um, uh, Think about that BFA, which would allow you to teach, and uh, you know, get a a solid position. You know, even if you do like graduate school. uh, you know, get you a tenure with the college. I'm going to tell you, if you get a job with a college, teaching art in a college, man, you got it made. Um, and, um, but even if you got a job with a school, um, because I'm I'm seeing here you're good with kids, um, you could work with kids, you could work with young kids, and you could do something, and this just this came to me, you could um, do uh, rehab, art as rehab, and be very good at that, I think, Um like working with kids who have problems uh you know emotional um, problems and help them heal with art so there's a lot here that you could do um to get motivated but it seems to me like there's something personal going on in your life that's holding you back um, that's draining your emotional energy and that might be an yeah. issue to do yes um it, it now it involves um, uh, you know the uh the guy or whoever's in your life and uh or the lover in your life, and this might be something you might want to address. It, uh, you got you got to make a decision where your energy is going to go, and um, uh, you can't, you know, don't don't throw uh, your energy into something that's not giving you a return at this point in your life. I guess. Okay. My reading's is going on too long, so I'm going to let it go now. But um, just think about it. You know, think about what we're talking about here, and you know, wh- you know what, what's the best investment in your future. You know where your energy goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay? okay. Okay. Thank you.
3: I think, John, Zimine, Thank you, John C.
2: I think you've got some fantastic readings, both by John and Papa Newt here. I'm going to give you some root worker advice, but one of the things that John really said is that you need to kind of figure out where, where you're going, and put your energies towards that. It's not too late, to, it's not too early, I should say, to start thinking about that future and also kind of deal with things that may be draw, drawing away your energy. Now, you're an Aquarius, you said, is that right?
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: Aquarius is a great sign for art. We often don't think of it that way um, because they tend to be quite solitary creatures. They're ruled by Saturn. And so they often are, are associated with tech or becoming great social scientists, the sociologists and anthropologists of the world are all great aquariums, right? Um, they also tend to be in the kind of computer science uh, end of things. But what people don't realize is that they have an amazing creative side to them. They are fantastic, fantastically creative. And so they also, you know, finding, it seems like a weird combo, but kind of finding a combination of that, uh, illustrator, graphic design, for example, or teaching art are all really, really good things for an aquarius to go into. But... The one thing, and I've mentioned this over and over again, is an Aquarius in medieval astrology in Arabic astrology, it's considered one of the bad signs, meaning that it naturally has a lot of challenges. Most Aquarians find their career path later in life. They're not the ones that in their 20s land their, their perfect job and they're good to go, right? They tend to, to find it later. They tend to go to school later. They tend to, to get their degrees later. They tend to get that perfect job a little bit later in life. So that's okay. Don't worry about that. You're headed on the right path. The first thing you need to do is to bring a little bit of clarity and then do some work for some success. Um, And I think the clarity work is going to be important because it will help you to deal with the kind of vacillation that's going on here and it will help you to deal with the uncertainty. Because I think part of this will require the fact that you're like, okay, you want to go into art. But maybe art is the end goal that is a little bit down the line and the immediate goal is getting your degree so that you can go to a Cal State and build upwards from there. So what I want you to do is first and foremost, start with a bath. Get yourself some uh, basil, some Solomon seal root, some bay leaves, and some alphea. Brew this into a tea and bathe yourself in this from head to toe. Let yourself air dry, gather a bit of the used bath water that, that you wash yourself with, and sprinkle this on your, on your front door. Do this as many times as you need to help bring about clarity. This is a really, really useful bath. If you find that, that you don't get clarity right away, this is best done not in the morning but at night before bed so that you bathe yourself, Uh, let yourself air dry, and then you go to bed. If you find that when you wake up, you still don't know the end, when you wake up and you still don't have a direction, then change the bath a little bit. Instead of washing yourself from head to toe, make this into a poured bath. So pour out the bath, uh, draw out a nice warm bath, pour this tea in there, and let yourself soak in it while you think through what it is you need to do, but that's only after you, you sleep on it. If it doesn't work the first way, then move on to the second one, and you should get your answer on what it is you need to do. Regardless of what steps you need to take, you need to do some career success work so that at the end of the day, no matter what path you take, whether it's starting an art, you know, starting like art business or an illustrating business now, or going back to school and then building one from there, um, you have the paths made open for you. So what I want you to do is get two small skeleton keys. These should be keys that you can carry, keys that you can wear. They shouldn't be big giant ones. They should be two small skeleton keys. Place this on an altar, and I use the altar very the word altar very loosely here. This can be a table, it can be a a bureau it could be a bookshelf it could be anything a cabinet anything that you can dedicate to this space that you will you work with regularly from now on. you're going to place those two small keys as a cross you're going to put them in an X shape with the uh, teeth of it facing upward okay you're going to put the teeth facing upward you're going to place it that those cross or that X onto your uh, altar around them in a Clockwise fashion, you are going to make a circle with crown of success powder. You're going to sprinkle that powder and a nice, beautiful circle around the keys. Then you're going to place four candle holders at the four directions. You're going to put one in front. You're going to put one to the right. You're going to put one to the left. You're going to put one behind. So that you have the cross in the middle, crossed keys in the middle, the circle around it, and then the candles around that acting as kind of points. This altar should face towards sunrise, so it should face towards the east, ideally speaking. Now, what I want you to do is take orange candles, inscribe on them all my roads open, anoint this with road opener oil, set them in the four candles, and light those candles clockwise. You are going to pray that any obstacle in your way is removed, any hesitation is removed, that all paths and roads are open towards success. You are going to do this for two days. You're going to light the candles, let them burn down. The next day, you're going to light the candle, a, light, a fresh set of candles, let those burn down. Once you have burnt those candles down, take the remaining wax as well as the two keys and go out to a crossroads. Ideally, a crossroad that you can have a little bit of time to, um, or that has dirt around it. Dispose of the wax at the crossroads, throw it into the, the roads. If it's a dirt crossroads, you can bury it wherever you'd like. If it's not a dirt crossroads, if it's, a, for example, a concrete or uh, what is it, asphalt intersection, you're going to have to work with the corners of the crossroad. Bury your keys there, but bury them in a way that you will be able to find them. So don't bury them and then not know where they are. Put a little marker on it. Put a little stick or whatever. Sprinkle a little bit of whiskey on this and call out to the spirit of the crossroads, the black man of the crossroads, Say, spirit of the crossroads, you who open all doors, who have the keys to success, who has the keys to victory, who has the keys to fame and fortune. I call on you to bless these keys, to bring your blessings on them so that I may have fame and fortune and success. Walk away and leave them overnight. This should ideally be done during a waxing moon. The next day, go back, unbury the keys, sprinkle a little bit more of whiskey, leave the whiskey bottle there. Walk away without looking back. When you come back, place the keys back on the altar in the same format, facing upward. Then you are going to take purple candles, inscribe them, say, I am successful dress them with crown of success oil place them in the same holders and light them pray over this setup let it burn all the way down repeat this also for two days after your two days are done leave one of the keys in that circle the other key put on a string and wear as your personal talisman this is a way of creating a powerful charm of success to carry with you wherever you go. It takes a little bit of time to do, but I think it will be very useful for your situation. We have a couple more minutes left, so I'm going to see if John St. Germain, um, just to, just really briefly, John St. Germain or Papa Newt have anything further to add.
3: Okay. How about you, Papa Newt?
1: No, no I don't have anything that's good work.
3: Okay. No. Uh, well, I, ha- I have some crystals that you might consider, um, uh, for creativity specifically okay. now um um for creativity uh you want orange and yellow stones so um you you might want to go with uh, carnelian and sunstone and yellow kyanite and um uh carry these around in a bag and if you feel that um your creativity is waning um, take these out and rub them and um uh, and summon your creativity. Now you want you need to raise your GPA, so you you need uh, you need purple and blue stones to stimulate your brain. So uh, these stones can be amethyst, and they can they can be sodalite, and they can be um, uh, lapis lazuli or purple kyanite. So these these are all inexpensive stones. Now, I can give you other stones that are expensive if you want, but these are all within your budget and a so,
0: uh, bag yep okay great thank you that's
2: perfect thank you very much for those uh, stone recommendations uh, good luck Karess. I think you have um, uh, you know, a lot of work to do but I have no doubt that you will be successful do call back thank and you. let us know how things work out I believe we're you're going to do well uh, yeah we're going to do it we always have hope for our, uh, you know, our artists and creators out there in the world so all the best and thank you for entrusting us with your situation, we're going to take yeah, a quick you. break and so we're going to have Papa Newt lead us on to our next caller.
1: Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic counter practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is a return client calling in from area code 862 in New Jersey. This is Liv. Liv, are you there?
5: Yes. Yeah.
1: Hi. Welcome back to the show. I think you called us back in February, but that situation has changed. It's good to hear. And, mm-hmm. and you've had a reading with Val uh, Cesar with other situations, but nothing. no readers on this particular situation. Is that correct?
5: Yes. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Uh, She writes,
5: I
0: am
1: attracted to a guy I've begun developing a relationship with. He is currently in a relationship that he doesn't talk much about. Although he doesn't cross any boundaries, The time we spend together is becoming uh, frequent and we are getting closer. I'd like to know if our friendship could develop into something more or if I should keep my feelings at bay due to his relationship status. Turn back to you, Countryman Ali.
2: Thank you for uh, that, Papa New. I'm going to do your first reading and we're going to have... Um, John St. Germain do your next reading and then Papa Newt is going to give you some root work recommendations but I'm going to ask you a, a couple questions uh, just to get us started. what is your sign of the zodiac?
5: Uh, I'm a Pisces and he's actually a Pisces as well
2: so Pisces and Pisces okay and you said yes. well, how did you meet this man?
5: Um, I knew him for a few years. He's kind of like a mutual friend through other people, but we recently started uh, developing our own friendship. So, um, like he's kind That's of not great. anybody new. Yeah.
0: Mhm.
2: Mhm. So he's been there. He's been around. So I've I've pulled a, a geomantic chart to take a look and see is there an opportunity for you two to have a relationship with one another and. Uh, you know, how that looks like. First and foremost, we have in your house, a house that represents you, Populus. Populus indicates that there is a bit of uncertainty here, and also kind of rethink um, the motives for why you want this relationship. Part of this comes from the fact that uh, Populus is a very receptive figure, and it means that the feelings that you have are a little bit circum based on the circumstances. So it's not that you guys have share some kind of deep spiritual bond or that you guys are destined to be together or star-crossed lovers or anything like that, but rather that the circumstances, the environment around you, is what's cultivating and allowing some of this connection to be built. So be aware of that, that there, this is more circumstance and situational um, then you might realize that this is not some type of deep connection um, that will endure. Now, this looking to his uh, figure, the seventh house, also the house of love, we have caput Draconis, meaning that, yes, something can start between the two of you, that there is a possibility for, for this to turn into something uh, more. You say there's no cross boundaries, but there will be an opportunity to cross some boundaries, and it looks like this will likely happen. Um, uh, around the fall time period, so in a little bit, uh, not not that far off, that there will be an opportunity to, to cross that boundary. Now, this passes in to the fifth house. The fifth house is not a house of love. It's a house of fun and party and affairs, uh, you know, kind of just sex in general. So what this tells mm. me is that, yeah, you two can have something likely it'll be some type of hookup likely it'll be some type of uh, you know physical relationship but other than that there is no enduring connection between the first house and the seventh house there's no conjunction that's being made uh, there's no way, there's no actual way that these two figures connect which means that beyond the sort of physical relationship beyond the sort of uh, a hookup or uh, a moment of fun which may in fact happen In a particular setting, remember situational is a very key component of here, that this does not look like it will manifest into a love relationship. This will not manifest into something that is uh, lasting uh, or, or, or enduring. Um, it does tell me that he does like you, he's attracted to you, you're attracted to him, that there is some spark there, but whether it will will manifest into something more uh, enduring, lasting and meaningful is somewhat doubtful. Now that tells me that that's up to you now. Now I'm not one of those people that says, oh you have to do this and you have to do that, but this does not look like a particularly worthwhile relationship to pursue, if you're looking for a relationship. If on the other hand, you are, are physically attracted to him and you want to hook up with him, then the potential exists. It will come with complications because he's clearly involved with, with someone else, but that's a decision that you're going to have to make on your own. And in regards to something meaningful, worthwhile, you know, spiritually fulfilling, that is unlikely at this particular time. Um, I know that you may have hoped for, for maybe a different outcome in this particular instance. The good news, however, is is that while this man you have some type of physical connection with, but not going to last into something meaningful, that there is something else out there for you if you were willing to kind of open yourself up to it. It'll come down a little bit down the road. We have via as the reconciler or the result of the result. Um, which is a a figure that we create by joining the figure in the first house with the judge. When we combine these two, we get uh, VIA. And that tells us that in the future, likely around uh, end of August, uh, beginning of September, you will find someone else come into your life. This person will be brand new. This person will not be someone who's been in your life before. And they will offer you a much more lasting Type of relationship. This figure, this person will also probably be ruled by Mercury. So be aware of someone who's either got a zodiac sign that's ruled by by Mercury um, or who is uh, Mercurial themselves, meaning that they're involved in travel and of trade of some type. So uh, there's hope for you for a long term relationship. This current one. Not anything long-term, but there's a chance of a physical connection. That's what I see here. We're going to turn this over to John St. Germain and see if he's got any further insights he can shed.
3: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I love that conjuring, Oli. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Well, Liz, I'll tell you what I see. Uh, Here's the man and the woman, and the man is behind the mountain, and the woman is behind the anchor, and that means that you both are kind of stuck. And uh, we have the fox, right in the middle, and, um, so what we got here is a flirtation, and because I see that the mountain and the anchors here, you're both aboard, and this is a flirtation, and it's very exciting, and, um, as far as it moving forward, okay, um, we have, a a conjunction of the, of, uh, the clover and the moon, and the clover and the moon, whenever I see this means, uh, Getting high, okay? Uh, so we have the clover, the moon, and the lilies, which is sex, which means that, yes, it can go into a physical relationship if, uh, like alcohol or getting high is involved, which means that uh, this is a, there's a very strong sexual attraction. The man, the woman, and the fox is on the other intersection, so there's a strong sexual chemistry here. I don't see love anywhere, but there's strong sexual chemistry. There's an excitement of, a, of a flirtation. Uh, there's a spark. It's very exciting to kind of circle each other and flirt with each other and see what's going on because uh, you're both bored. You're bored with your life. Now, will it go further? Um, it can. Yeah, uh, if you go down that road, um, the the sex can be good. It can be very. This can be a very exciting kind of affair, um, but it will cause a lot of problems. Uh, there'll be a lot of worries because there is another person involved in this. This is a triangle, um, and it will eventually end. So it's not like a long-term affair. Now, I see the sickle. Boom! The sickle comes down and cuts it off. So if if you want a fling, uh, if you want to have some good sex and you know someone uh, you know get together with and have some drinks, you know maybe smoke a little, uh, get uh, you know have some. Sex down and again and just you know get a few things out of your system. I'm not going to tell you not to, but if you're looking for someone to settle down with and have a long-term relationship, uh, this may not be the one. It can be short. It you know, you know it's like a bonfire. It can be short and hot, um, but it's not the one that's going to be for a long time. Um, that's really all I got to say about it. I'm not going to tell you no. You know, it just depends <laughs> on what your expectations are. It looks like both John St. Germain and I
2: have uh or an agreement on the, on this particular matter yeah when is, i I dealt my cards yeah, you, know, uh, you
3: know before when you were reading and i, I was trying not to laugh because everything you said I could see in my cards that you know this is <laughs> this is it's sexually hot, sexually hot, but there's no love there, <laughs> and you know that happens yeah, a lot times ha- you just your your chemistry is just so strong, it's like man you know i yeah. wow <laughs> you know yeah um, yep. couldn't agree more you know when we have
2: two readers who yeah, when you have two readers whose readings line up in that way that usually really tell me. That we're picking up on something. But look, there's something there. Yeah, right? yeah. There's some good chemistry yeah, you know, there. Uh, um, you, know,
3: you know what I say? Sometimes though? I say I say chemistry is not necessarily destiny. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Very good
0: point. <laughs> so we're going yeah. to in that Papa
3: yeah, so we're gonna turn this over to Papa New. We're going to turn this
2: over to Papa New, who's going to give you some root worker recommendations uh, on this situation. So we've got a we've got a bit of a tricky situation here, and I think there's mm-hmm. going to be some some decision making that you're going to have to do on your end. Uh, and we're going to see what Papa Newt can give us in regards to root work.
1: All right. Well, quick question for you, Liz, is what what do you want to do? Do you do you know which direction you want to take?
5: Um, I mainly wanted to find out if there was a chance, being as though like, um, I am aware that he was in a relationship. But based mm-hmm. off of the readings, um, it's pretty clear that I won't try to pursue anything uh, serious. Um, prior, I'm sorry. Busy. I
0: couldn't hear you. About yeah. what you said
1: I'm sorry.
5: Um, just based off the of reading, I think I would rather like keep it at a friendship level where it's at now. Friendship
1: level.
5: Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I
2: give us an opportunity to maybe do root work to draw in that new lover that I see?
0: Mhm. Yeah. Perfect. Mhm. Yes, that's a good idea. Right. Um.
1: So i mean you know if you need to go if you need to go ahead and just kind of um get the feelings that you've had towards them just to get them away you know I, I always encourage those nine walnuts uh get nine walnuts taken a bath. Uh, to first just to kind of clear that away, just to get yourself fresh, you know, to make room for a new lover, um, a new ideal lover. Cause, you know, it, it, with Ali's reading, uh, Ali's reading, there was uh, uh, one to be coming, uh, so we need to make sure we are prepared. Uh, you would boil those up in, in, uh, in hot water, and then you do want to dilute that into a bigger bucket of water and then add it to your bath. And I would sit down in this just because we need to, just wash ourselves, uh, you know, and just pray to the divinity, whatever you call it, God. God is the big maybe.
0: To release,
1: to make way, to clear the 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 uh, for your ideal lover, you know do get out get collect a little bit of that water air dry get dressed take it out throw that water to the west so that way those feelings go away the next day especially when the sun arises you know start start with get yourself a little two pairs of lodestones these are just two lodestones that are drawn to each other they're they're lovers name one for you and the other one for your ideal lover um i would do for a series of seven days have them far apart you know um you can give him each one a splash of a little whiskey, um, and na- as you name them, if you want to eventually each day, every day, you know, you can light a little candle with attraction oil anointed onto it, and then you can have these lodestones each day. Just draw them together. Just saying, you know, as my. As as I go about my day, we are, I am drawn to my ideal lover as my ideal lover is drawn to me. And each day, just bring them closer and closer and closer. And then on that last day when they are finally together, uh, put them on like a nice little red cloth, like a little flannel. Add your nice little herbs such as... Mm, I like I like my fennel leaves. I do like my uh lovage Um also some lavender some flowers and just little love herbs into that. Um Make that into a little packet. Fold it all up, seal it all nice, and then just carry that on you. Feed it with, like, a little attraction oil. Keep it close to your
0: skin, if
1: all possible, for at least the first seven days after it's made. And just after that, keep it in your pocket. Keep it close and keep working with it, sleep with it, until that ideal lover is coming, because that ideal lover will be coming to you. Um, But just make yourself prepared for their arrival.
5: Okay, thank you. Mm, mm, mm. Mm,
2: That's fantastic. I love that. I love the working over several days. I love that you're you're kind of building and drawing that person closer and closer to you. It's a really, really good working. And I think the walnut suggestion is great. I think it will help create that kind of emotional barrier between you and this person recognizing, hey, there's chemistry. not going to act on that that chemistry. Do you have any uh, recommendations or suggestions you'd like to give uh, John St. Germain? Well, to, um,
3: to um, you know, I'm just really concerned that this, um, you know, if you keep him as a friend, uh, you go out for drinks, you have a few drinks, a few laughs and stuff, um, there's a, you know, there's a very strong possibility you're going to wake up the next morning and turn over and look at each other and go, oh, what 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 happened? So, um just be be very careful be very careful with that um, um be very careful of that happening and and you know and if it does it does you know it, you know things happen um and um I, i'm just very concerned with that so w- while you're doing this attraction work for that uh i would recommend some shielding work um against seduction
5: okay uh, yeah
3: shield yourself against seduction and yeah uh, and
5: it's i it's funny because I actually did some attraction work and he started uh contacting me more, so it was mm, kinda, mm. Uh, yes,
3: so when you do your attraction work, deliberately exclude him in your petition, okay, you know keep him away um and probably mm-hmm. I don't know i might I might do a separation with him while you do your attraction work for you know the- mr Wright. Do do some separate not break up, but separation because uh, in my experience separation puts space between people rather than mm-hmm. rather than like a clean break it's more like putting space between people um, you know do something to keep him at arm's length if you want to keep him as a friend um, just try to keep him at arm's length put a put a shield against seduction um, because I believe he's gonna he's gonna try to um, you know He's gonna to try to fox around you, and uh, uh, I think he likes the idea of it—the idea of the conquest.
0: Mm-hmm. The conflict, yeah, and, and I just kind of
3: see see that in the future, you know.
2: I think some barrier or, or some some type of bar- barrier work is good, or, or distancing work is definitely good. As um, John Saint Germain ma- mentioned, I think the nine walnuts that. Uh, Papa Newt mentioned it's really good in in that regard. It helps to really build that kind of emotional barrier. The reason why we're kind of harping on that is because I think both of us saw that the the situational component of this is very important. It's very big. It's it's the environment that plays a big factor into into kind of enabling this this chemistry. And the the fact that it passes into the fifth house is literally the house of partying, which is why Johnson Jermaine rightly points out there might be a day where you guys go drinking and I just things happen. So you got to be careful of that. So, yeah. um, in addition to kind of spiritual work, just also be aware of where you are with them, right? So don't, try to avoid being alone and things like that. But it, also, I think it okay. draws the new person. It's good for you to feel to feel yourself, right? When you're doing the traction work, we don't, you know, like, oh, let my ideal lover come to me and whatnot. But it's also an important moment to really kind of feel good, right? Feel good in yourself. So don't be afraid to, uh, after you've done things like black walnut bath, you've made sure that you put a good space between you and this guy and you're, you're clear on what your boundaries are. Do some, do some work to make yourself feel good. Berwitching oil is really great. Add a little bit of that come to me or love me oil that you use on any of the candle work that you do. Wear that as a scent. And that's a fantastic way of turning some heads as you're walking down the street, as you're uh, meeting people. It's a great way of, of really feeling yourself and feeling good in your own skin. So I highly recommend uh, adding a little bit of the, uh, you know, either bewitching or love me or come to me um, to really kind of up the enchantment uh, qualities that you have to make yourself feel good about yourself and make, you know, make turn some heads and make people really. Be like oh she is looking great today um, because when you're feeling good and when you're feeling yourself, you're gonna find that person's gonna be the ideal lover is gonna come to you much faster um, and much more than uh, that's what the only addition I have here thank you for trusting us with, with your situation. Um, I think you've made a wise decision and I think you'll you'll find your new love quite soon.
5: Okay thank you.
2: All yes. Yes. Now. We're going to take uh, A quick short break For uh, announcements And then we're going to have uh, Papa Newt lead us on to a free spell The LMC Radio Network Is a media alliance Whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour With Catherine Ironwood and Condrum Ollie Sundays 3 to 4.30 The Crystal Silence League Hour With John St. Germain Tuesdays 5 to 6. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay Fridays 6 to 7. All times specific, at
3: 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
1: for a free spell segment with John Saint Germain of JohnSaintGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John.
3: Thank you, Papa Newt. Um, what I want to do is uh, show you how to make a grief kit. This is a, I, I have one of these, and I'm going to tell you that when you—you uh, you reach a certain age, the burden of the heart is almost more than you can bear. Sometimes you need something to just ease that burden, and this is this is what you do. Um, you collect some crystals. And none of these are expensive. Um, you'll need three of each. You need three Apache tears. This is a type of black obsidian um, found uh, in New Mexico. It's a volcanic black obsidian sh- in the shape of tears. These help uh, lift grief. You'll need some rose quartz, three pieces of rose quartz that helps heal the heart. Um, you need um, uh, three pieces of amethyst to help give calm to the mind. Um, you need three pieces of ruby and fushite. This helps catalyze forward movement. And you'll need three pieces of red jasper to help ground and stabilize you. Now, you're going to make some incense. And um, I'm not aware you can buy this particular mixture, so you make it yourself. And to do this, you need a grinder, a mortar and pestle, or, or an electric grinder, or any kind of grinder. Um, you need you're going to make about two tablespoons of this. So um, you get about four buds of balm of Gilead and about three grains of paradise and about oh um, about an eighth of a teaspoon or so of master root. You shave it or grate it into your uh, a pinch of hyssop and about a tablespoon or so of sandalwood powder, and you put it in there and you grind, grind it up. You don't have to grind up the sandalwood powder. You can add that later and mix it up with it. And if you want to add essential oils, um, add a drop of lemongrass to it, and you're going to burn this on charcoal. And you're going to do this as you meditate. You want to make you want to put the crystals around your meditation area, make a circle. Uh, you're going to grid yourself. Now, if you are mourning for a specific individual, um, before you put this incense on your charcoal, write their name on a bay leaf and burn that on the charcoal first, and uh, focus your attention on loving memories of that individual. This could be a person, it could be a pet, uh, a friend who passed into the silence. But concentrate, your, put a picture of them in front of you and focus your attention on them you know, and give them your loving thoughts. You know, wish them you know, a happy afterlife, a happy passage into the bardo, a happy rebirth, whatever your religious beliefs are. As this incense burns um, in front of you, you can catch it in your hands and place it over your face. As you breathe now, this is very very healing, and I always tell people sit with it and breathe with it because you'll find that when you when you um grieve, your diaphragm constricts, and you'll hitch you'll go like this, take deep breaths and with this this gentle incense, you breathe it in and breathe it out catch it in your hands and put it over your face. this is a it's so a fumigation technique I uh, tell a lot of people to do with incense. And uh, make yourself out a teaspoon. Don't make too much of it because um, the the herbs lose their essence over time. And if you do make more of it, put it in a Ziploc bag. But this is my um, my grieving kit, my bereavement kit, and I always keep some of this handy. Sometimes, you know, it's very handy to give some to clients and just, or just use it, just walk people through it. And I hope this is mm. useful to you. Thank you. That is a fantastic,
2: fantastic mix. Um, incense can often, uh, you know, because you're burning something, it smells like smoke, but the mix of bombs of gilead there with sandalwood powder, I think, um, can really make this a, a quite a fragrant uh, incense. Mm-hmm. Incense has a fantastic common quality to it. It really does.
3: Yes. Even though you're burning, yes. you're,
2: you're technically, you're burning something, right? It is a, a slightly more aggressive thing that you're doing than, than a bath. right? A bath, you would think that baths are soothing and, and calming, and they certainly are. But infants also have a really fantastic uh, soothing quality. I think, one, because our, our sense of memory uh, and our emotions are deeply tied to our sense right. of smell. If anyone exactly. has gotten a whiff of a scent that just suddenly brings you somewhere, right? like an ex's
0: mm-hmm. favorite
2: perfume or, or some type of food. You go, oh, that reminds me of my childhood, or something like that. So the scent is really deeply tied to our to our emotions, and it's why whenever you see any form of meditation, a lot of people use incense. Incense is a common yes. devotional practice that we find in a in variety of forms of Buddhism and Hinduism, uh, or what, what is what, what the Western kind of scholars call Hinduism, inaccurately so if I may say so.
0: Um,
2: but incense has a really strong, and it is. Deeply tied to the biblical tradition too, right? Of offering mm-hmm. up prayers, so incense, burned offerings, when you offer up incense to, to, to God or your higher power. I think it's a, a fantastic, fantastic way of, of, of working, and really kind of bring the mood down. I wanted to ask you: Did you would you would it be accurate to say because this is the experience I have? that incense does something to space. So it's not just that it in, in, like influences your mood, but it actually energetically shifts spaces. So if you're feeling like – this is why I think this is such a great approach. If you're feeling like you're grieving, more often than not, that grieving seeps out into your environment. You, it yes, leads yes. into things like clutter and mess, and your house just kind of feeling ugh, right? Which is why right. you commonly hear from counselors, get out of your house, right? Go for that walk or whatnot. Incense has that really great way of shifting things in the house to just spatially. Would you agree with that, John and, and Papa New? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, sir. I,
1: I am all about incense. I just wrote in the chat room, it's like, I'm all about it since my days being an altar boy in, in our church. I always loved <laughs> incense. And, you know,
0: yeah.
1: if you think about the emotions that you feel during while you're grieving, you feel very heavy and, and down. And incense because of its nature, it's very uplifting, because it is so light and so airy.
2: That's so true. Okay. That's so true. It has. Yes. <clears throat> there's a reason why it's so deeply tied with prayers and spirituality, and so deeply tied with a uh, sacralizing space. This is what I think uh, using incense for dealing with. Uh, emotional grief is such a good approach. It not only helps soothe the mind, but it really does help uh, shift it. So I would probably say let that thing smoke in a couple rooms. You know, waft that thing around. Let the smoke waft yes. around a little bit because I think it'll it'll really make a, a big difference. It's a fantastic.
3: Oh yeah, if you, um, you have a sensor, you know, an incense sensor, take it through your rooms and fan it, fan mm-hmm. it through your rooms. Yeah. Yeah, um, thank you for that free spell. I think it was wonderful.
0: Oh, you're Uh, welcome. Very,
3: very exciting.
2: We have come to the end of our show. Uh, This really wouldn't have been possible without all the kind of wonderful hard work that everyone put in. So I want to give a quick thank you to John for being a wonderful guest and for uh, Papa Newt for filling in and wearing multiple hats. We're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, who's going to lead us out. Um, And then we're going to kind of come back and say some goodbyes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank you, Congressman Ali, and thank you, John St. Germain of com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We do invite you to join us next week when we will have a very special guest joining us, who will be An- uh, Anita Perez in Maine, bringing us the topic of... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I have the wrong information here. It's about love magic. Uh, No, magic logic. I'm so sorry. Magic logic using correspondence to optimize spells. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Who Do We Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find uh, Conjurman Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and myself, your announcer and special co-host, Papa Newt, at papanewt.com. In Omaha, Nebraska The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo WeWork Hour can be heard Every week live On Blog Talk Radio At 3 p.m. Pacific 6 p.m. Eastern Time And the shows are available In archive Via luckymojo.com Slash radioshow.html For all of us At Lucky Mojo I'd like to say Thank you for being here And invite you to tune in Once again next week At the same time When you'll hear The familiar strains Of the Memphis Jug Band Playing The Jug Band Waltz Thanks everybody Goodbye
2: Goodbye Thanks Papa Newt I couldn't have done this uh, show without you um, and wearing those multiple hats. I don't know how you do it. I also always get a deeper appreciation of what Troll Towelhead does when he's running the board. (laughs) There's somebody biting the potion and so on. So I very much look forward to both. Troll Towelhead and Miss Cat coming back next week. And thank you of course Johnson, St. Jermaine for such a wonderful, wonderful topic and uh, a great free spell at the end. And finally, thank you to everyone who tuned in, who joined in the chat. This show would not be possible without all of you. I love our little community that we've gone. I love hearing from all of you. Thank you all. Have a great weekend and we'll see you here next week. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.